Father God, uh, uh, I got news this morning, Lord. uh, My mother-in-law, Connie's, uh, her mother, a caregiver, has had a tragedy in the family. And and Lord, we just want to lift them up. Uh, Her caregiver's sister uh, had a head-on collision, a car accident. And uh, and she is in a bad way right now, and so uh, uh, so great grandma's uh, caregiver is headed to North Carolina, uh, and praying for the best uh, for her beloved sister. And and Father God, uh, we are joining with them in prayer. Father God, uh, we pray, Father God, that you would intervene, and 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 that. Uh, spare her life, Father God. Uh, I don't know the circumstances uh, that led to the accident, Father God, but I know they're in crisis, they are in need, and they are calling out for prayer. And so uh, the church is the church. And Lord, we may not have met these people, but they are our sisters in the Lord. And, And so their burden is our burden. And so, Father God, we grieve for them. And we lift them up and ask you to touch them. We can't, but you can. We ask you to touch her body and heal her in Jesus' name, Father God. And bring comfort and peace and encouragement and strength to that family as they have to walk through this difficult time. And Father, I just pray you continue to be with us as your word goes forth. Uh, In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Those of you who are prayer warriors, I sure would uh, encourage you to add that to your prayer list. And let's just bring that home in the Lord. So if you need any details, I'm sure you can get them from uh, myself or uh, from uh, my mother-in-law or uh, from Christy. And we'll keep y'all updated on that situation. Uh, I would ask you all to turn to Luke chapter 5 this morning. That's where we'll be spending the most of our time. I chose for a title, Miracle in the Deep. Miracle in the Deep. Another familiar passage, and uh, before we get into it, I'll say, uh, oftentimes uh, when this passage of scripture is taught, uh, we focus on the miracle of the huge catch of fish, and I get it. They were experienced fishermen. They had toiled all night and caught nothing. Jesus told them to do something, and something amazing happened when they did what Jesus told them to do, but I submit to you The miraculous catch of fish was not the main event in this story that we are about to read. It was a means to a divine end. So let's see if we can discover the Lord's end game as we work our way through this passage of scripture. Starting at verse 1. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. 
And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. I like what what it says in verse 1. The crowd had the right priority. I love it as a preacher, as a minister, as a pastor. People being hungry for the word of God excites me. People being hungry for the word of God uh, is something that I believe is vitally important. And I believe God wants to get us there where we hunger for the word more than we hunger for anything else. And so this crowd didn't have ulterior motives. This crowd was not pretenders. This crowd was pressing in on him, not for a miracle, not to get something from him. They were pressing in on him to hear him speak the word of God. And let that be true of all of us. That when we come to church, we're going to sing. We're going to praise because we want to enter into his presence. But when the word of God comes forth, the word of God gets our full attention. Right? We're here to feast on the, on the truth of God's word. And with the mind to be doers of it. Because that is the bread of life. Are you hearing me? There's life in his word. Where else can we go? He has the word of life. So I commend this crowd. And he saw two boats while he was speaking to them. So he's standing by the lake. He sees two boats docked on the shore. And it says here that the fishermen had gone out of the boats and were washing their nets. So it would seem that the boats were left unoccupied. It says the fishermen are gone. They're washing their nets. They have finished fishing. But that wasn't the case according to the following verse. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So the boat was owned by Simon. He would later become a disciple and his name would be called Peter. But he's the owner of this boat. And being the boss... Simon didn't have to wash nets. He had employees doing that work while he remained in the boat, probably doing boss stuff. I'm not saying he was slacking, but hey, he he, he put in his work washing the nets. Part of the benefits of owning a business is that you delegate certain duties to certain people, right? Who for a wage are happy to do it. So that you can devote your time to running the business. Right? And so here he is. He's sitting in the boat while his people, at least for the boat that he owned, washed the nets. And Jesus interrupts him during his boss stuff, whatever that is. He comes aboard his boat and asks if he can use it to preach from. And Simon agrees to do it. And then Jesus asks him to push the boat into the water just a little ways. Remember, this crowd is pressing on him. So he's getting some space so he can be able to preach with maximum impact and and whatnot. And Jesus sat down in the boat 
and he taught the people. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this before or if it ever hit you like it hit me this time, but the crowd pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God after verse 3 is no longer a part of the story. What happens later isn't for the crowd. The crowd pressed in on Jesus to what? To hear what? To hear the word of God. And it said that Jesus finished speaking with them. In verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So the crowd that pressed on him to hear the word, that's what they had done and that's exactly what they got. And when Jesus, Jesus finished preaching the word, the crowd had been fed and was satisfied. Jesus' business with them in that moment was concluded. This is not a knock against them. It's a good thing that they came there to hear the word. They got the word. But Jesus had another plan. He had more business that needed to be done. And the, the crowd didn't need to be there for that. He finished. And he turned to Peter and said, now I want you to go out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. And before I get to Peter's answer, I want to hone in on that phrase, put out into the deep. And y'all know I started last week with points to ponder. And so, I'll interject one here. See, God used Peter, Jesus used Peter or one of Peter's possessions in order to bless the crowd with the word of God. But for what he wants to do next, he calls him into the deep. Now, Peter had already been blessed by Jesus healing his mother-in-law. He wasn't ignorant to who, uh, to what Jesus was capable of as far as healing was concerned, but he hadn't wholeheartedly started following him yet. He was in the vicinity. He was still fully devoted to his profession. It's not a knock on him, but that's just where he was in life. He had a pretty shallow understanding of who Jesus was. And he had not fully devoted himself to following the Lord yet.
Yet God, through Jesus, saw fit to do something he did not have to do. Everything he did was purposeful. He didn't have to get on Peter Simon's boat, but he did. He didn't have to ask Simon to use his boat to preach from, but he did. He, he pulled him into something for a reason. Point to ponder, God can use you or use your possessions God can use you or your possessions in the shallows to bless others. But he calls you into the deep to benefit you. He wasn't in deep with Jesus, but Jesus used a resource of his to benefit others. But when it was time to benefit him, he said, go out into the deep. So he told Simon to put out into the deep how many of you know that God wants to deal with you in the deep places of your heart he called Simon out into the deep to do exactly that He used him in the shallows or he used a possession of his in the shallows, but that didn't require anything of Simon other than to give permission to use his boat. But, there, but God had purpose for Simon that required him to let the Lord go deep and deal with him in the deeper places of his heart. And that's why he tells Simon, go to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So now before we talk about the practicality of, of this, let's first address the heart issue here. In order to respond properly, there are a few things Simon will need to work through. Let's look at his, uh, I'll tell you what, let's read verses four and five before I do it. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. I'm going to come back to the second half of that verse toward the end, but I'm just going to focus on what, what his objection was. Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. The best time for fishing was at nighttime. The conditions were ideal for them. And he's telling them, and he's telling the Lord, Lord, we spent all night. We're pros. We know our business. We spent all night toiling. And didn't catch a single fish in ideal conditions. 
Now what you're asking me to do, now that it's no longer nighttime, and there's people talking, there's noise that can scare the fish away, there's all kind of reason that make this not an ideal time to do what you're telling me to do. If, if we couldn't catch fish in ideal conditions, does it make sense for me to do it in less than ideal conditions? And being a fisherman, he would know that. And that's, and, and, and that's what he said. So there is a heart issues that he's got to deal with in order for him to respond appropriately to the command of the Lord. First thing he's got to deal with is pride. Like this song said, these walls, you know, break through our pride and all the walls we build up inside. Here's, here's his pride. Because fishing is his livelihood. He's a pro at this. What does a carpenter know? I got a carpenter telling me how to fish. Maybe he doesn't know. Uh, This is the kind of advice you would expect from a carpenter. He should know better than this. I put another word, pressure. It's another heart issue he's got to deal with. Pressure. He's got a family to support. He's got bills and taxes to pay. Those people washing the nets lets me know he's got employees and he's got partners who also have families and bills and taxes to pay. And they don't do it for free. So am I supposed to pay overtime after coming up zero during the optimum hours and getting nothing? You want me to you want me to approve overtime when the conditions are against having success. You got to work through that because all those things are considerations. And third, I think three is just enough, fresh disappointment. Because remember, they're right off of failing to get a single fish. It's one thing not to get a haul just to get a few fish. It's another for professional fishermen to get zero fish after toiling all night to get it. And Jesus tells him, let down your nets for a catch. It's got to seem, I, I could see how it would seem like a foolish command to him. And not only that, right off of that fresh disappointment, This is not something that they were planning to do for obvious reasons. It wasn't the conditions weren't right for it. They had already washed their nets. The nets are clean, ready for the next optimum time for fishing. So now you want want me to take these freshly clean nets, get my boys back out there, and put them into the water to catch fish at a time that's bad for catching fish. It's a whole lot of excuses we can come up with for why not to do 
what God is telling us to do. But Simon says, but, basically because you say so, I'll do it. Sometimes God can tell us to do things that just seems like foolishness to us. This carpenter is telling a fisherman to do something that's foolishness to him. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians one twenty-five that the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Right? So what seems, in other words, the wisdom of God, it's not saying that the fool that, that God is foolish. It's just that what seems foolish to us that God is leading us to or God wants us to do, what seems foolish to foolishness to us is really wisdom that is beyond our comprehension. God knows what we don't know. And God knows that he had a plan here for Simon. He had something that he was going to do. Something that he wanted to communicate to him through what he was about to do. And Simon not having all that information, it just looks like foolishness to him because he's looking at things from a natural context. Let's move on here. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners on the, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. As I said at the beginning, I said it a different way, but I'll say it this way now. Not every miracle is for public consumption. Not every miracle is for everybody to witness. It's not, it's not a message for everybody. This miracle here was for Simon. For those that were with him too, but primarily for Simon. This miracle wasn't for the crowd. It wasn't for the crowd to witness. It was for Simon and those who were with him. To go into the deep. And because Simon was willing to go into the deep at Jesus' command and cast down his net to catch a fish, even though it seemed like foolishness to him. This miracle came to pass. So there is a, there is a humility and an obedience 
that was required for this miracle to take place. There was a second boat. The second boat was owned by James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Jesus wasn't talking to them. This entire conversation is with Simon. Now, they get some of the residual blessing, the residual benefit. They filled up two boats with the catch of fish because one boat couldn't handle it. But this was all a conversation between Jesus and Simon. This was all because Jesus marked Simon. I believe, I believe it was all God's will for them to catch no fish the night before. If God commanded all the fish, I want y'all to stay right here in this spot. Don't you go toward a net. Don't you go towards any bait. You're going to stay right here until X time tomorrow. When I, have the, when I have the man of God who I have called to be a fisher of men, I will send him out into the deep. And if he obeys me there, he will cast his net. And then I want y'all all to jump into the net. This is all God's plan. And if Simon had not been willing to go out into the deep, the catch never happens. If he didn't work through his pride, if he didn't work through the pressure, if he didn't work through the fresh disappointment, if he didn't work through the fact that it doesn't make sense based on everything that he knows from his professional, uh, as a professional fisherman, if he didn't get to the point where he said, hey, I don't, I don't think this makes sense, but because you said it, I'll do it. And at some point, we're going to have to get to that point, y'all. We're going to have to stop needing to understand and have all of our questions answered and, and have everything make sense to us in order for us to be willing to take the step that God tells us to take. At some point, we're going to have to say, when we know God is speaking to us, we're going to have to say, God, it doesn't make sense to me, but at your word, I will do what you've told me to do. That's where the miracle happens. He knows the plan that he has for you, right? Plans to prosper you. He has, he has a plan for your good, but... He knows the plan. He's not going to reveal all the plan to you. He's just going to tell you what he wants you to do. And you've got to trust that he holds the plan in his hand and everything he's asking you to do is for your will. He's not against you. He's for you. And it's time for us to be willing to go out into the deep with Jesus. You know, Peter, I keep, I know, I know he comes to Peter. So y'all know who I'm talking about when I say Peter. It's Simon. But Simon learned about Jesus and yet he was continuing in his everyday profession. Not that he wasn't honoring God. It's just that he was, he had a family to take care of and he was doing what he was good at. He was doing what was necessary to provide for his family. And I commend him in that. And we all shouldn't look down on, on, on him for that. He was not sinning just because he wasn't fully devoted to walking with God. It's just that what he knew of Jesus was shallow. 
See, he calls him to, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't require a very deep connection with Jesus for you to give resources so that somebody else can serve God where God's called them to. We can do that and be in shallow relationship with him. In the shallow waters. But God has a call on your life. Where he wants more than your resources. He wants more than your bold. He wants more than your giving. You know, he wants, he, he, he wants more than what you can give to other people so that they can go forth in the plan and will of God for their lives. He wants you to press into him and get his plan for your life. And you can't do that in the shallows. He calls you to put out into the deep for that. And, and, and see, that's why I say the miracle, as wonderful as it was, was not the main event here. The main event was the Lord's call on, on Simon's life. But he also had to meet him at the point of what he had his trust in. For good reason, he believed in the profession that he served in. He believed in his abilities. He believed in fishing's ability to provide for his family's needs. He knew that profession backwards and forwards. And yet, the Lord, through this miracle, is conveying a message to him. I am your source. Don't put your trust in fishing, put your trust in me. I don't need pristine, ideal conditions in order to provide for you. Uh, like Leanne said, I have no rival. All authority has been given to Jesus, right? And so, you, there's an element of fishing. You can remove as many variables as you can, and you can try to make sure that you have, give yourself the highest probability of catching fish, enough fish to make a living off of, but there's always an element of chance in there. And he's saying, there's no chance here. This is the sure thing in the Lord. Going out into the deep with Jesus is where you will grow in the knowledge of him and gain greater intimacy with him. Going out into the deep with Jesus is where you will discover his will for you and learn his calling on your life. This miracle in the deep was designed to convey a message to Simon.
So you spent your adult life catching fish. A lot of the skills and the character traits and the discipline and the strategy and all that stuff that was required for you to be a good fisherman, I'm going to flip that and use it for you to catch people. You're going to catch men and women in the name of the Lord. You're going to bring people to Christ. So he used this fishing miracle to convey a message that you're going to be fishing for something different than fish now, buddy. And I guess as a point to ponder for you, and, I, and you may have to put this in your own words. I don't know exactly what the Lord has been speaking to you, but maybe you've been walking with God in the shallow end, in the shallow waters. Content to let God use something of yours or something of import, but not really been willing to go out into the deep. And so it's, it, 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 this is a time for you to consider before God right now. God, what have you been saying to me that I've been dismissing that's been falling on deaf ears? Lord, are you calling me to put out into the deep? Are you calling me from the shallows to the deep because you want to meet me in the deep places of my heart and give me the direction I've been praying for? Give me the answer to my prayers that I've been asking for. Give me, give me the clarity of vision and purpose that I've been asking for. Have, am I willing to go out into the deep in order to get what my heart desires from God? Because like I said, if Simon wasn't willing to go, this miracle doesn't happen. But I'm less concerned about the miracle and more concerned with the message. See, the miracle shook him. The miracle humbled him. The miracle caused him to get down on his knees. Being a fisherman, he understood the significance of what just happened. And he said, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And Jesus told him, hey, put away your fear. Don't be fearful. I didn't do this in your life. I didn't do this at this moment to freak you out. I didn't do this to scare you. I didn't do this to intimidate you. I did this to reveal myself to you and to let you know that the, 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 the purpose I have for you in your life. So I want you to get the right message from this. God, when, when, when the Lord does miracles, he, he, when he performed miracles, he wasn't just flexing his spiritual muscles. He wasn't just out there like a bodybuilder wanting to show you how big his biceps, his guns are. He's not just doing it just to be doing it. 
When the Lord performs miracles, it was usually to communicate something of spiritual significance to an intended audience. In this story, Simon is the intended audience. And that's what happens in this encounter. Jesus told Simon to put out into the deep because he needed to communicate something of spiritual significance to Simon. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 say this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. See, we, we, we normally stop at that previous verse. But we're not stopping there today. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That's one of the biggest struggles I've had to deal with in my life and my walk with the Lord has been leaning on my own understanding or the temptation to be wise in my own eyes. If, if, if it didn't make sense, there was a real struggle there. And I've learned through experience, I've learned over time not to, not to get hung up there. What I have instead learned to do is learn and discern when it is God that is speaking to me, how he speaks to me, so that I know the voice of the Lord. And if I'm confident that it is God that is leading me, that it is God that is speaking to me, I have learned to give in to that. Despite the fact that not everything checks out or makes sense to me. For this very reason here, you know, I can count the cost. I can come up with a million excuses sometimes uh, about why it doesn't make sense to do what I feel God leading me to do. But at the heart of it is do I trust him? Have I done everything to confirm that it is God speaking to me? Have I put the fleece out? However many times I need to put it out, have I put the fleece out? Like Gideon. Why did he keep doing that? Well, he wasn't sure. He never known God to speak to him before. He wanted confirmation. But having gotten that confirmation, he walked in total obedience of the Lord. Once he knew that it was God, that what he was being called to do was of the Lord, then this guy that seemed like a coward showed himself to be the mighty man of valor that the angel of the Lord declared him to be at the very beginning. He just needed to know that this is the thing that God has said. Once that was confirmed, he acted because he trusted God. And all the things that we would consider, all the things that might be excuses for us, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, uh, what about the backlash and this or that and the other? All those things 
You can't help but to consider those things, but, but the bottom line issue is for all of us is to wade through all of that and decide what is God, what is God saying? I'm going to put out the fleece because I want to know what God's will is here. There's a lot of things I know. There's a lot of things I think I know. But the one thing I must know is what God's will is. What is he saying? And if I can discover that, then I'm going to let God be true and everyone and everything else a liar. If God said it, I'm going to do it. It may not it, 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 it may not make total sense, but God said it. Uh, I, I, I wasn't foolish about this. I wasn't reckless about this. I took it to people whose counsel I value, people who I know hear from God, right? I have committed this thing to prayer. I have a heart to want to follow God. I have a heart to do his will. And so... I'm doing everything I can to get the confirmation that I need with the mindset that once I get said confirmation, it's on. I'm doing what God said to. And that's what we have to have. That's the attitude that I love was demonstrated here by Simon. God, Jesus met him and invited him into that time of preaching to the crowd because he was ready to shift him from the, the shallow walk to a deeper walk with the Lord. He was ready to shift him from making his resources available for Jesus to use and being a vessel of honor to be used by God himself. That shift, that shift has got to happen. That growth where we're no longer content to be on the shallow, in the shallow waters with Jesus. We want to go deeper with him. And we know he's going to have to deal with us in the in our woundings and 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 our bad teachings and upbringings and and and, and all the stuff that, that that that's in our soul that he knows needs to be dealt with all the stuff we need to be healed from he wants to meet us in that place and he'll say come on out here cast down your net this miracle probably wouldn't have meant much for me I mean, I'm at best a casual fisherman. God would have probably had to uh, put me in a different arena. And he has done that. Uh, I don't know what the arena is for you. But I know he'll meet you there. And I know he'll call you to put out in the deep what we don't know and and you're going to have to get yourself your heart settled to get to this place what we don't know is if when he makes that call that command for you to put out into the deep we don't know if how you'll respond
So I would challenge you to make that a point of personal focus for yourself. Like, Lord, I don't know if you're calling me into that deep place yet. But I commit to begin today preparing myself for the moment that you do. Because I want to be like Simon here. Where I can be transparent and say, I don't know about that, Lord. But because you said it, I'm going to do it. I have my doubts about the outcome, but because you said it, I will do it. Some of you probably are already reflecting and, and, and come to the realization that God is and has been calling you to put out into the deep and, and let down your nets. My prayer for you is that today would be the day that you say, but at your word, Lord, I'm doing it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Isaiah 64 verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. The last verse I want to share in conjunction with this is 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. You know, in each and every one of you here today and, 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 and listening online, each and every one of you have the capacity to be a vessel of honor fit to be used by God. Each and every one of you. I know not all of us see ourselves that way, let God be true and everyone else a liar. Right? Each and every one of us have the capacity to be a vessel of honor fit to be used by God. Right? He is the potter. We are the clay. Now, it's his will as to what he's called you to do. We don't get to choose God's call for us. It wasn't a sin for Peter, for Simon, goodness gracious, 
It wasn't a sin for Simon to use the gifts that God gave him to become a great fisherman. But God being the potter called him to be an apostle. Called him to be a fisher of men. So some of the same skill set for one translated to the other, right? So God knows how to identify your gifting. He knows how to take your gifting and he knows where to put you for maximum impact for the kingdom, to, to have impact in people's lives. And so whatever it is you do well, give it to God. Even if you're, you're not serving in the church, even if you're serving in the secular uh, 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 business market or wherever it is, do it as unto the Lord. Just give it to God. And have an open heart, an open mind to hearing God when he, when he decides it's time for you to make a transition. And I know we think of vessels of honor and dishonor. Uh, some of us might we might not mind if God made us a wine glass. God might want to, instead of a wine glass, he might want to make you a toilet. He got some chuckles out of that. And we look at that and say, oh, I don't know if I want to be a toilet. That's, that's some dirty business right there. But I tell you what, if I'm buying a house, I can do without a wine glass. <laughs> I can't do without the other. Right? You know, what if God want to make you a dustpan? I don't know if people still use those now with all the technology and everything. <laughs> Whatever it is, we, we can't have a carnal mindset about it Whatever God has called you to, to use you for, is honorable in service of him. It, it, it may not, you know, like I said, the toilet may not be considered an, 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 an honorable ornament. But it is very necessary and very useful. I've been to countries where the toilets were holes in the ground. I thank God that I live in America. But not, don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Let's just be open to Jesus. And I will, I'll just, I'll finish with, uh, with Simon's words. Master. And the Greek word there I think it's a good translation, very good translation to say master, but it it's uh, could be translated uh, captain, 
boss. In other words, he was yielding to his authority, master. So even in how he addressed him, there was humility there. We toiled all night and took nothing. We did everything in our best efforts to get a catch. We didn't get a catch for lack of effort, lack of skill, lack of ability. There's just nothing there. We tried it. There's nothing. If there was something there, we'd have caught something. But at your word, I wanted you to say, but at your word, I will. To say it again, but at your word, I will. I'm going to ask you to stand. That's where God wants you to wants you to be with him. God, I tried everything. I hear what you're saying. I hear what pastor says. On Sundays, I've heard what the what my mentor keeps telling me. I, 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 I heard what the brothers and sisters in the Lord keep encouraging me with. But Lord, I've tried everything to no avail. There just seems to be nothing there that gives me hope. Nothing there to give me a reasonable expectation. It just does not seem to be any life there. It's time for you to say, but master, at your word, I will. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to the hearts of those present today and those listening online, Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't know where everybody is, but you do. You know whom you're calling out into the deep. And Lord, just like Simon had to, they're going to have to work through some issues, some heart issues, some of its pride, some of its pressure, some of its disappointment, some of its failure, some of its hurt and pain, whatever it is, those walls are going to have to come down. And I pray, Father God, that as you continue to call them to put out into the deep, I pray that those that haven't heard it are hearing it now. Are yielding to it now. The voice of the Lord. I pray that those who have been hearing it but their struggle hasn't been lack of hearing you there's been a lack of willingness to because there's been a list of excuses as to why that will do no good. Excuse after excuse 
after excuse. I pray that the day the excuses stop, that they acknowledge the challenges, but they say, but at your word, I will do as you say. I will do as you command. I will put out into the deep. I will let you deal with me in the deep recesses of my heart. And Father God, I know that as they yield to that, as they humble themselves like Simon did, and they let you deal with the inner recesses of their hearts, they will find more intimate relationship with you. And they will discover their call, the call of God on their lives. I pray your blessings on each and every one, Father God. bring conviction where conviction is needed and lovingly lead them to the repentance that's needed. And lead them to the place where as they cast their net into the deep they will receive the not only the miraculous haul that, is, that you intend for them to receive but you will also give them the corresponding call and purpose that you have for their life, Lord. And I just thank you for it. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the testimonies that come from this, Lord, because uh, I know that you are not a respecter of persons. What you've done in my life and the life of, uh, of many others, you will do in the lives of those present and listening right now. Be glorified and exalted in us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.